0: Made a trade. They at did. At the
1: trade deadline, dude. We have many trades to review.
0: <laughs> When's the last time I played that drop? It's, it's been, been a while. A, it's been well, a while.
1: We used to play that drop all the time when we were a losing team looking <laughs> to make some crazy trades. That's right. Now when you're at, you know, Stanley Cup finalist. Right you're looking to make some minor moves and right. things that maybe you don't necessarily expect or tweaks instead of blowing up your core. We used to play that. Uh, yeah. When we were trying to trade jumbo and stuff yeah. like that. Sharks get PK Subban. He just show up and cry. It wasn't quite Mike Schmidt level. No, but he didn't. Yeah.
0: It was emotional. It was emotional emotional i'm sure it's nice to sure know that yeah. montreal fans still want you there still yeah. care it's nice
1: to be loved dude yeah. it's nice to be loved as much as we love the sharks that's right that's right it's nice
0: dude trade deadline to be loved wednesday yes i know the sharks played some games do we even care to talk about them
1: well i think uh You have 30 seconds. Sure, dude. I mean, I thought the Sharks played well last night against Vancouver, and I thought they played well against Toronto, and I thought they played well against Vancouver, dude. They won three in a row, dude. (laughs) They've actually gotten points in one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight straight. Yeah. So uh, the Sharks have widened their lead in the Pacific Division, and they've been playing well, dude. I think that these these are good wins against teams that you need to be getting points against. You know, you have... Arizona, you got to beat them down. Vancouver, you beat them down twice. And Toronto, Toronto in a couple years, they're going to be pretty good. It might even be as soon as next year if they're able to add uh, some other pieces. But uh, they looked pretty dangerous for i'd say two-thirds of that game and the sharks were just able to pull away
0: yeah yeah but they're, they're they're no longer embarrassing no
1: not at all they're fast that team is really fast and very skilled yeah. so
0: with austin matthews and mitch marner both of those guys look dangerous several sure. times during the night um and that's I not even not talking know. about
1: Kadri, nylander i, mean, I didn't got i teams. didn't
0: notice Kadri once
1: well but but he's still having a good year yeah right but, so uh that team is going to be good but they're well they may make the playoffs but they're not a, a contender yet it's going to get a lot harder in the next week dude when the sharks have to dance with three playoff teams and winnipeg as they're scrapping to try and get into the playoffs but they're in a good they're in a good space yep and they made uh, a trade dude we have acquired a new face
0: we have we have and this is why we're we're uh, broadcasting so soon because We love the trade deadline.
1: Yeah, dude, it's trade deadline. It's uh, UFA
0: Day. It's uh, all those things. It's a podcaster's
1: dream, dude. It's a (laughs) podcaster's dream.
0: So the Sharks made an acquisition from Vancouver, right in between these Vancouver games. They traded for Yannick Hansen, and they traded away Nikolai Goldobin, a, a young player, a minor league player that has played, what, two games with the Sharks this year? And we have, you know, talked about several times and, uh, and a conditional fourth round pick. So what was your initial, let's talk, we'll talk more about how this trade might, you know, after further review might look, what was your initial reaction to this trade?
1: Well, at first, all I knew was that they had traded for Yannick Hansen and I was excited. Like I, I, I think Yannick Hansen is the right kind of player to add. He's fast player. Um, he's a pain in the ass. Yeah. Like uh, he's kind of tormented the sharks uh, a little bit, especially when Vancouver was a good team. I remember him being a very difficult player to watch the sharks play against. So uh, I liked the, the player himself when I saw what the price was, which was Goldobin and a conditioner conditional fourth, I still kind of shrugged my shoulders and said, you know what? Okay. You know, um, Goldobin, I think, has clearly been passed, dude, on the Sharks' depth chart. Would you agree?
0: Yeah, I think that's true. But he's certainly a player. You know, there's not that many minor league players that are sort of in the minds of Sharks fans. And Nikolai Goldobin was one of those players that played for the Barracuda that everybody was still sort of talking about. He was certainly known as a player with good scoring instincts which is something certainly the sharks need this year the sharks are not a high scoring team this year and I, I know a lot of people were hoping that maybe he could take that next step and become an offensive threat for the for the big club but as you said he's been passed he's been passed by timo meyer he's been passed by kevin Lebank, he's been passed by who knows tanny o'regan maybe you know this is a guy that still only 21 years old but it seems like he's been unable to take that next step
1: because it doesn't appear that he has developed a two-way game you know he seems to be a dangerous offensive player at the AHL level that has had a really good year for the Barracuda but I don't think DeBoer likes his style of play and Pete DeBoer is going to be here for the foreseeable future so if he's not going to fit into the DeBoer way then it was time for Doug Wilson to sell high. And Mm DW has been really good at this in the past in being able to sell high on some prospects. And we've seen the San Francisco Giants be really good at this too, where internally they have identified that Goldobin in their grand scheme is clearly behind Meyer, clearly behind LeBanc. Is he behind O'Regan? I think we can assume so. And then where does he fall in that Rourke-Chartier kind of yeah. level, Goudreau? The more I think about it with Barclay Goudreau, the more I think that they're in... The, part of the reason why he isn't playing is so he doesn't get to that 60-game oh. level. Like, I I just have a... I think it makes sense, yeah. you know, that because he would have to be exposed. Not that we think that he would get picked, but... It mean they'd have to make a decision, but anyways, um, I think when you wonder if Goldobin is going to be an impact NHL player, or is he going to be Nikita Filatov?
0: Yeah, the the one thing that really sort of certainly my initial reaction was, oh man, we gave up Goldobin for you know Yannick Hansen. At least in my mind, when I first you know hear the name, I hear bottom six forward. You know, certainly a known quantity, not a bad player, but he means but a known quantity for a guy maybe with serious potential upside in Goldobin. And then I read the comments that not Doug Wilson made, but uh, Benning made, the GM of Vancouver, and that really sort of changed my thinking on this trade. He said, yeah, Goldobin's a guy with great offensive instincts, and uh, he's made some progress this year in his own zone or something like that. Like a very sort of middling comment for a guy that you that's still 21 years old and that you know could potentially be an NHL player I would think under normal circumstances you would want to sort of talk this guy up to your to the press and to your fan base and say yeah this is a guy that's going to be dazzling offensively he's going to be in the NHL sooner rather than later all this not not so he's, yeah he kind
1: of said um yeah, don't be surprised if he gets pants in his own zone a couple of times. Don't be surprised. Don't be yeah, surprised.
0: He almost said like he might I mean, reading between the lines, and maybe this is just my my slant on it, is just like, yeah, he still kinda sucks defensively, but he's good offensively, and we hope he's not gonna suck so much defensively going forward. Like he doesn't suck as bad, but he still sucks. And you know, that's not a good thing. You I, know?
1: And, I, I think the Sharks come out on top in this trade. Certainly right now, because Hansen is going to have a a noticeable impact, I think, on the quality of the Sharks lineup night in, night out. That's when he gets all his Visa stuff uh, sorted out. He's still not with the team yet, and it seems like it could be uh, a few more days before that happens. So there's definitely upside there. I think another thing that is a positive is that Hansen is signed for another year. So this is not a rental. Yeah. You know, we will have... You know, 100 plus games of Yannick Hansen if he's healthy. The other positive here, I know, I know and that's a big if because I know he had a knee injury this year and his game is relying on speed. You like to think the Sharks vetted that before they yeah. went through with it. But assuming he's healthy, this is a positive addition. The other thing that is maybe not being talked about as much is that Yannick Hansen and Mikhail Bodker are like childhood friends. Yeah. So the Sharks have invested a lot of money in Mikel Bodker to be a important part of the top six of this hockey team for the next three years, right? Four years, including this year. So you're bringing in a good friend, a guy who can also play with speed and can maybe wake him up. Yeah. I think that's a, a side to this trade that I'm sure was taken into account.
0: Dude. Bodker scored last night.
1: He sure did. He sniped one it was good stuff, dude. So, uh, It's something to monitor to see, are they going to play these guys together?
0: Right. Um, Or maybe even just having them around so they can pal around with each other. Maybe Uh that's enough, you know, to get Bogker in a better frame of mind. Sure. Absolutely,
1: dude. So uh, there could be a lot of benefits to this. The downside, if the Sharks win the Stanley Cup, this becomes a first-round pick. The upside, we won the Stanley Cup. I don't think we'll care. Nobody's going (laughs) to care. The other downside is, what you alluded to earlier, is that... Yannick Hansen has had some injury issues this year. Mm -hmm. The upside, he had his career high in goals last year. So at 22. So as a 32-year-old player, he's coming off his best goal production as a pro on a bad team. On a bad team. So there's a lot to like about this. It's not a slam dunk, but I think it's a strong move by the Sharks, that makes them a better cup contender today.
0: Yeah, I, I think you're right. And and I hope, and some people certainly said, oh, this is a guy who can play up and down the lineup, which I wasn't as aware of. I, I sort of always thought of this guy as a bottom six player. But certainly he could backfill for the Myers and the and the uh, LeBanks and those kinds of things. And, you know, Donskoy's coming back. Um, You know, I think he can play in a lot of different situations. He's not just a grinder. Like, he doesn't necessarily... And and Kerr says, oh, yeah, he's going to be on the... They're going to start him at the top line with the Joes. So, clearly, you know, there's some idea that, okay, he can sort of play anywhere in the lineup.
1: The the flexibility it gives the Sharks already pretty versatile roster is... Something to take into account, dude. I mean, the the Sharks have players who can play all up and down the lineup. They are not going to have a prototyp- prototypical fourth line, mm-hmm. except for Michael Haley. Like, right. they don't... But, you know, I think that that's what they want. It's by design. They want to have a skilled fourth line. They've been trying to do that for a couple years. It hasn't really worked until last year, and this year's fourth line is more skilled than last year's. Mm-hmm. So, uh, it makes... You know, if you have to go out there and play against, you know, Carlson... And Sorensen and Chris Tierney on the fourth line in the playoffs, you know they may just skate right around some of these guys who want to grind it down.
0: Right, right. And I
1: think that's what the Sharks are hoping for, seeing how that worked for the team that happened to beat their butt in the Stanley Cup playoffs yeah. with a lot of speed. So uh, I like the move, dude. And I don't even think there's a butt to it. I After processing it fully, I, I give it a thumbs up as a fan and an expert
0: <laughs> and an expert. Well, certainly the downside is Nikolai Goldobin, you know, turns into, you know, a great offensive threat. Sure. Uh, that's, that's always the downside. And, and the sharks traded for a 32 year old sort of player that you're gearing up for the stretch run. And and that's the worst way to look at it. So, but you know, as I said, I don't think anybody thinks it certainly doesn't seem like either Doug Wilson or Vancouver think that he's ready to go into an NHL lineup now. And at twenty one years old, he still has some time, but not as much time as I think some people would think. I mean, this guy's you know, he's two or three years now as a pro. Uh, you know, there's been plenty of other players that are well caught on at the NHL level by then. Right. So there you have it. Certainly, and certainly as a winger, that's that's sort of the least responsible position right. that you need to be. And if he can't even be responsible as a left winger, doesn't bode that well. Not that I mean to run him down. I'm I hope that he can regain his game and everything, but Um, I hope even more that Yannick Hansen can score 30.
1: (laughs) (laughs) We'll be able to keep an eye on it. He'll be right under our nose, dude. So we'll see how Goldobin develops and if this ends up being a win in the end for the Sharks or for Vancouver.
0: Well, dude, I know, you know, I was listening to some NHL radio recently, you know, certainly on trade deadline day I was and I was watching TSN as I'm sure many of our listeners were. And it seemed like the uh, consensus was this was sort of a downer year for the trade deadline. I didn't necessarily see it that way i know there were some definitely some deals that happened before the trade deadline you know a couple of days before and it wasn't like a gigantic there wasn't a a bunch of huge splashy moves right but you know there were a lot of interesting moves i thought you know i was still very entertained by it it's not like you know the uh reese scarlet for shane harper deal <laughs> that was you know the headline on trade deadline day i mean there were some other deals you know that well i think we need to talk about the eric fair deal in a little while because we were talking about that over lunch i would like to talk about that but certainly some some players that are are pretty decent where we're moving around and at least to me maybe the the biggest sort of non-deal was the fact that colorado chose to hang on to their two young players that are you know, reportedly on the block in uh, Duchesne and Landeskog, they held on to both of those guys. And it seems more likely that they're going to get rid of those guys at the draft.
1: If they get rid of them at all. I mean, they, those are franchise altering decisions. If you're going to trade your captain, (laughs) Gabriel Landeskog, and you're going to trade maybe your best player. I mean, whether you think McKinnon or Duchesne is your best player, like you better get the King's ransom Mm -hmm. for those two guys. And clearly they didn't get the offer that they were looking for. And I think they don't need draft picks. They need young players. They need a defenseman. I mean, their D is just disgustingly bad. Yeah. So um, they may reevaluate it. They may find a better deal at the draft. We'll see. But I wasn't too surprised. I think it was more surprised that they weren't able to move any of their other assets and maybe no one values them, but even a guy like Renee Bork, like he's still there. Yeah. You know, I mean, he's on a w- expiring deal, well, but, they
0: did get rid of Jerome again.
1: They did. Yeah. Who they, we
0: talked about last show who went to the dreaded Los Angeles Kings.
1: Yeah. He's reunited with uh, Daryl Sutter and big love fest. And I, I, to that, I, I mean, the Kings are, are a borderline playoff team. And if they add Jerome McGinley,
0: who cares? Like I just Yeah, it's not gonna put him over I don't, the top. I don't
1: know. They added Jerome Ginla, but they, they essentially traded Jerome Ginla. They traded Dwight King to get Jerome Ginla, which yeah. is what they did. Like they traded right. Dwight King to Montreal in order to obtain Jerome Aginla. Right. I, I I don't get it. You know, I and Are you saying you'd rather have Dwight King? For for what he does, I mean, he is a good bottom six forward. Yeah, Jerome McGinlay is an old top <laughs> six forward right. with like six goals or right. eight goals. Yeah. Like, yeah, I I don't know. Like, I, I and Dwight King is n- I don't I don't know how old Dwight King is. How old is he?
0: I'm not sure. It, late twenties. Right. Let me click on his name, dude. dude. Late twenties. Uh, do the math. Eighty nine. So yeah. He's, yeah, late 20s. Late 20s.
1: So you, you gave up on a guy who's got the same amount of goals yeah. as Jerome Ginla, And I, I just I don't know. I think that the Dean Lombardi's, you know, taking advantage of some of the legal marijuana rules. <laughs> Could be. <laughs> Which is fine by me because yeah. I'm totally OK if the Kings miss the playoffs. I think it's uh, amusing, actually.
0: Dude, uh, quick uh, aside, we got an email about that very question from Hal. Which do you wish for if you can only pick one? Sharks win the Pacific or LA misses the playoffs altogether, dude. Which do you choose?
1: I would pick winning the Pacific, although I had to think about it. (laughs) But I would rather have home ice, dude. Which one do you pick? Uh,
0: I think... I think I'd rather have the Kings make the playoffs because I am not scared of the Kings. Right. And I would love to play them.
1: Yeah, I'm not scared of them either. Like, I think if if, if we end up drawing them in the first round because they are a wildcard team. Okay. Yeah. Like, I mean, like, it's not the same team. Right. It's not the Justin Williams team that, you know,
0: we, was scary. We, and we beat them last year.
1: We did. So, okay, we'll beat them again. Right. They're not going to make it, dude. They're not going to make
0: it. Yeah, I think you are right.
1: They're not going to make it. I,
0: the The team that might supplant uh, the team that is ahead of them now, Calgary. That that's a team I am a little afraid of. Well,
1: I mean the Calgary's ahead of them, and Calgary's playing so well, they may jump into the top three in the Pacific. I mean, they're only two points behind the Ducks right now. Right. Uh, the Kings are kind of duking it out with St. Louis, so it's sort of like, okay, well which one of you will just be slightly better than bad to <laughs> to get into the playoffs? Because they both made some really... You know, St. Louis, I get it, with the trade of Shattenkirk, which I guess we're jumping to that right now because I started talking about it. Okay, I mean, they had to trade Shattenkirk because they knew he was going to leave. Sure. Like, he was going to leave. So you can choose to be one of the wild card teams and lose in the first round right. to either Minnesota or the Sharks, or you can trade Shattenkirk and get a first, a conditional second and a player in Zach Sanford who I think that they were interested in. Mm
0: -hmm. So that's not a bad deal, frankly, for St. Louis.
1: Well, when you look at what Martin Hansel fetched, I'm a little bit surprised that it wasn't the same thing or similar because Shattenkirk, I think is a better player. I mean, he's the best player that got traded in the last week, but um, it's. I think it makes sense for Washington. They're all in.
0: Yeah, Washington's clearly... I mean, they're way ahead of everybody right. in terms of points. I mean, this is... They, they have the best chance this year to go the whole way. They're and the it, favorite.
1: It's a little tough for St. Louis because you go, okay, a 2017 first-round pick from the Capitals could be the 26th yeah. or the 30th pick. Like, yeah. I mean, you know, whatever. Yeah. But, I mean, it's still a draft pick, which you can still use as as an asset and, and that team is in transition. So uh,
0: it yes. makes sense. So, yeah. So what did you think about the Martin Hansel trade? I know that's something some sharks fans were interested in talking about. Oh, maybe Martin Hansel might make sense. I, I never, I think we talked about last time, but I, you know, I'm not super, I wasn't super excited about Martin Hansel. And as you said, the wild paid, you know, they carved out their own kidney to get this guy. Yeah. A
1: first, a second, a conditional 2019 pick, which could be a high pick for Martin Hansel. And then a role player in Ryan white. But I mean, Hansel's a third line center. He's a big guy. He can win faceoffs. So he's not going to score a ton of points. So I think they're looking at trying to match up against the sharks. Yeah. And they're looking at trying to match up against Chicago. Right. And even Nashville, and how are they going to get stronger? So this is a move that says to me that the Wild think that they're going to contend, and I guess by how they're playing, it's hard to argue with that. Sure, but whenever I see the vision of Bruce Boudreaux, dude,
0: yeah, I don't think
1: Cup contender. I mean, he's like Cup Kryptonite.
0: Yeah, it's true. So not a lot of success. In the not playoffs. a lot
1: of success, and and I I don't know if this team is. More talented than the other teams that he's failed to take the next step with, right? You can make a case that they're the least talented of, of the teams that he's failed to take the next step. Yeah,
0: yeah Ovechkin. So yeah.
1: you know, and he was in Anaheim. He right. Gesloff and Perry. Right. And Kessler. Right. And I'm so I don't know. Like, I, is it going to make them a better team in the playoffs? Sure. Did they give up too much? Yes.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. They did. So.
1: um do you have it?
0: Dude, so many other household names. I mean, you know, certainly it's interesting what the Pens did. The Pens went and got Ron Hainsey, who I think you said, is he still in the league?
1: <laughs> I did. I wasn't sure.
0: Well, you know, he was in Carolina, which is a team that everybody <laughs> sort of forgets about anyway. But, um, you know, Ron Hainsey to the Penguins. Penguins got, you know, they have two bad injuries on defense. Olimata and Trevor Daly, I think, are both out. Right. And Latang has missed some, some time, too, as he always does. Right. So, you know, the Penguins had to go out and say okay what are we going to do so they went out and they got ron hainsey and then sort of threw a end around mark Strite got traded from the flyers to florida and then florida or tampa bay rather and then tampa bay turned around and dealt mark Strite to the division rival penguins so now the penguins got mark Strite and ron hainsey so you know, now their average age on defense is approximately eighty seven. <laughs> but they do have two proven NHL players now to fill in for Mata and Daly. I don't know. Is this gonna I mean they didn't give up a ton of for these guys? They
1: had to do it. They had to do it. Like they, they're still in a they they didn't give up anything significant. Right. I mean they gave second. up a second yeah. and they gave up a fourth. Like I, I think if you're Pittsburgh, you have to do this. Like if, if you were – if this was the Sharks and let's say that Braun and Paul Martin went down and Doug Wilson just got to the podium, said, well, we're just going to play Yokum, Ryan and Tim Heed 22 minutes. Right. And um, sorry, Joe and Patty, your last chance at a cup rides on the shoulders of these two guys. Right. That's not going to go over well with that team. I mean, no. Pittsburgh's in the same scenario. They had to do it. And it, they're not better because of it. Like, they'd be better if they had those two other guys back. Right. I don't know when they're coming back. If they come back now, they're, they've are they got a ton of depth. If they come back or when they come back, they had to do it.
0: Yeah, they had to do it. And and like you said, I mean, Pittsburgh is one of the best teams in the East this year. You know, if if Washington has some you know might predict, you know, chokes again, then Pittsburgh is the clear favorite in the Eastern Conference, I think. Right. Would you dispute that? Is there anybody else who's close? Um well, I mean, I always
1: think teams with good goaltending can can get on a great run. So I I think the team that whoever is standing out of the metro at the end like let's just say it's what we all expect, and Pittsburgh and Washington meet in the second round. Mm-hmm. That's gonna be epic. Yeah, it will. Like, that's gonna be great. Like that's gonna be a fun series. And if Montreal has to go through Florida, and then next they go through Ottawa, right? Like then the, they didn't. You know they're not better, mm-hmm. but they didn't have to work as hard. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It could be. That's the team I think they would not want to see at the end. I don't think Montreal is you should count them out even though they can't score a lick
0: right <laughs> I don't score. think you can
1: count out the Boston Bruins either for the same reason, yeah that if you have Tuka, you've got a shot, yeah, and they're 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 streaking just like Pittsburgh was streaking when they fired their yeah, coach that's true so. <laughs> the irony of the Bruins and the Canadians meeting in the playoffs would be
0: that'd be funny. Fascinating riots again. Well,
1: the, the hockey gods must will it to be. So you yeah. imagine Claude Julian coming to the garden yeah. Yeah. two months later with a new team. Oh man, that'd it be would funny. be great. It would be great.
0: Well, the, the Habs got a lot of guys. They went out and they got Steve Ott. <laughs> They got Jordy Ben from Dallas. They did. They got Keegan Lowe, who I don't really know. They
1: got Brendan Davidson.
0: They got Nikita Nesterov. They got they got a bunch they of... They got Dwight King. Yeah. They got a bunch of guys. They did, dude. Um, they just got a bunch of big guys. Uh, As uh, Patrick O'Sullivan said on the radio, he said, they got a lot taller. He's not, he's not <laughs> sure they got any better, but they sure got taller.
1: And they picked up Martinson from the Avs, who is also a, a bottom six player.
0: Um they traded uh, David DeHarnay to the Oilers, um, which I found, I right. guess, a little surprising. So
1: they looked well. This is this is the Claude Julien effect here. You know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, he probably said, "I don't want DeHarnay centering one of my bottom. He's he is three feet tall. Get him out of here. I do not want him centering one of my bottom six lines. I'm not going to play him. Right. You know. Right. And so in response, they ended up getting some veteran. And bigger bottom six help. So that must have been what Julian said they that he wanted. Now we'd heard that they were in on you know some of the bigger names. Um, they certainly weren't going to do the Thomas Vanek thing again. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That didn't work. So
0: out. <laughs> who got Vanek again? Florida. Florida. Yeah. Okay.
1: Which I mean, they got him for you know almost nothing. I mean, they got him for a third rounder. Yeah. You know, and and. and And Dylan McElrath, who was waived earlier in the year. So, you know, I mean, that's not a bad risk for Florida as they're trying to regain relevancy. The stupidest trade, I think. Oh,
0: good. What's the stupidest trade? The
1: stupidest trade is not close. Was Ottawa acquiring Victor Stahlberg for a second and a third round pick? (laughs) I mean, Victor Stahlberg has been waived multiple times, like multiple times. In his NHL career.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And you and gave up two picks. You
1: gave up two like top ninety picks for a guy who you could have claimed for nothing. You know, click on Victor Stahlberg, dude. I mean what I mean, is he having a year? Is he scored twenty goals? He scored nine. He has twelve points. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he has twelve points. I mean it's, Oh mercy. It, it's, the moves that Ottawa made. Because they traded away a, a young kid, who I can't remember his name, who's playing very well in the Swedish Elite League, to get old man Alexander Burroughs.
0: Yeah, I don't And know. then they
1: signed Alexander Burroughs to a two-year contract extension. Yeah. So I think he's now, they're paying him a two-year 35 oh, Jonathan
0: Dolan. That's Ulf Dolan's kid, I think.
1: Oh, well, oops. How dare you?
0: Yeah, Ulf I Dolan. had an Ulf
1: Dolan jersey.
0: Yeah, that's right.
1: It's just, I, I don't get it. Like, I mean, those are the most head-scratching moves. Might you make the playoffs as is? And then they traded away, dude. They traded away uh, Curtis Lazar, Yeah. who, you know, hasn't quite figured it out. And they got back a second. So I guess, you know, now you're saying you traded Stahlberg for a third. Yeah. Right? Yeah, but, Yes. Whatever, dude. I just think it's <laughs> I think it's super bizarre. Yeah. And I, I don't know, dude. I think they may the, the funniest part about this would be if it was Boston Bruin syndrome from last year, where they make a bunch of trades and then they don't even make the playoffs. <laughs> like that would be that would be funny. It would be amusing to me. Yeah. You know, um, and it's not out of the realm of reality because they're hanging on to a spot dude i mean they're they're in second we
0: well, do let's talk a little bit about the pacific specifically because a lot of uh i don't think the ducks made a deal the kings made a couple deals um i don't know And the oilers made a deal we talked about that so patrick you know ducks get patrick eaves for a second round pick which is quite a You know, that's a a high price.
1: And it becomes a first if he plays half of their games in the first two rounds.
0: What if they don't make the first two rounds? Well,
1: let's think about this. Do you think the Ducks, if they come in second or third, do they beat the Oilers in the first round? I think so. Okay. And then they play the Sharks in the second round. Right. Will Patrick Eves play half of the four games that the Sharks sweep the Ducks? (laughs)
0: Yes. (laughs) Yes. I believe he will. So then
1: the Ducks just traded... For a guy who's having a career year,
0: right? Who's you know they got him at the peak.
1: Would you rather have Yannick Hansen or Patrick Eaves? I'd rather have Yannick. It's not close. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Patrick Eaves has a great beard. It's a good beard. He, the beard would look good on the Sharks.
0: It's true. It is. But he's a, not
1: better than Yannick Hansen, and and I I think that's a bonehead trade. Like it's a
0: first round level beard, but yeah, it is. That's a not. The the Kings got Ben Bishop, dude, which a lot of people scratch their heads at because Jonathan Quick just came back. But they get Ben Bishop, and they traded away Peter Budai and sort of a basket of goods for Ben Bishop and a fifth-round pick. What do you think of this trade? At first, everyone's like, what? And then a lot of people, after the fact, after some careful consideration, said, you know, this isn't a bad deal for LA.
1: I don't know who Eric Cernak is. Like, if if he's a strong prospect. Like if he's yeah. like a gold Dolbin level prospect, but maybe he's kind of fallen off, but he's still got a chance to be a good player. That I think is stupid. You know? Yeah. I mean, cause Budai was Budai. I think he was at the top of the
0: NHL in shutouts. Yeah. But Budai is the Patrick Eves of goalies. Dude.
1: I know dude, but you're not going to do anything this year. Like but, if you're the Kings, yeah. you're not going anywhere. You're going to win the cup. Now that you got Ben Bishop, who who also by the way can't seem to play a full season either. Right. So now this will be the funny part. Quick gets hurt again. Bishop gets hurt again, and then Dean <laughs> Lombardi's got to play goal. That's right. Like <laughs> they're gonna know,
0: strap the pads here, on. Uh, let's protect
1: our injury plagued goalie with another injury plagued goalie.
0: Anjel Kopitar now has to play goalie <laughs> as well as defensive forward.
1: <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I, in a way, I get it. Is he a better player than Peter Budai? Absolutely. Like, absolutely. I think training
0: Peter. I mean. For me, just trading Peter Budai at the peak is smart because the guy's been around a long time. He was in the AHL like the last two or three seasons. But, but I, The guy's not going to be a great goaltender. So Steve I don't even Eiserman
1: know. didn't want Peter Budai.
0: Yeah, I guess you're right. He didn't care. Yeah.
1: Sure. Okay, well, I'll take anybody you want. You know what I mean? Like you got to get rid of move Budai because you're maybe not going to humiliate him and send him back to the AHL. Right. He's had a good year. And do, does Tampa need a backup for right now? Maybe they'll sign him to Vasilevsky. be the backup,
0: right? Yeah, they need a, they they need need a backup. backup. Okay, yeah.
1: great. So Budai can back up Vasilevsky. Will they keep him next year? I don't know. Maybe, but he's, he wasn't... Steve Eisenman wasn't sitting in a room going, how can I get Peter Budai?
0: <laughs> That's true. That's <laughs> you know, true. It
1: was, he was just part of the equation.
0: And we talked about, again, already going to the Kings, so there's that. Um, anybody else in the Pacific that we really should be talking about, dude? Anything interesting? Or even in the West... That we didn't hit on... Chicago gets Johnny Oduya back. Okay. I, you know, the Deharnay deal, let me talk about that for a second. It's surprising because they traded this kid, Brandon Davidson, who's a defenseman. And what have we been making fun of the Oilers for the past four years for doing? Not having any D to go with their five number one forwards. And what do they do? They trade uh, a guy who is, what, 25 years old and Davidson um 26 you know played what 28 games with one point i mean i guess the guy's not going to be an nhl player but they do trade a defenseman to get another center to get david deharney who's a good player i like him as a player and maybe he'll be properly protected behind uh you know connor mcjesus or whatever <laughs> um but well i i you know getting rid of d if you're the oilers just the idea of getting rid of d if you're the oilers to me seems not smart they but,
1: must not like the player anymore yeah, they must not you know like him. and you know he's got size 62 207 yeah he's only 25 but he's only played 91 nhl games right so um uh, yeah clearly wasn't in their plans so i think if they think that de is going to help them win a playoff round which he won't <laughs> then good for them
0: right but I, I don't know if it makes them better long term honestly because he's not like a gritty no, uh, you no. know, veteran player that can show these guys how to win. Because Montreal hasn't won jack. Right. So it's not like that. That happened. Um, dude, what was the best trade? You talked about the worst trade, which I didn't... I sort of... My eyes glassed over when I saw Victor Stahlberg. So I don't even notice. I'm like, mm, Victor Stahlberg. I'm, I'm already snoring. Um, what What's the best trade, dude? Who did the best? Scroll down a little bit, dude. All Scroll
1: right. down. Let's go see if we can look all the way back here.
0: Um... Vernon Fiddler,
1: I mean, definitely the Ducks picking up Enroth for a seventh. <laughs> Scroll back up. Okay, uh, the best trade, dude. We're gonna keep keeping the uh, the listeners in suspense, dude. Um, I I think the best trade was Washington acquiring Kevin Chattenkirk. Like, yeah. that that's the best player that moved. He's gonna make an immediate impact on that team, and that's a team that they're the sharks from last year like can they get past their own ghosts and make it to this Stanley Cup finals like it's time they're good enough like that they're good enough so i think that that's the best trade mm-hmm. talent wise sure so sure, that's what I say,
0: dude. Talk about this Eric Fair trade because you brought up an interesting idea at lunch about Eric Fair. The the Pittsburgh Penguins traded Eric Fair to the Toronto Maple Leafs with some other guys and with one other guy and a pick. And Eric Fair is a is a useful player, especially on a playoff team. And the Penguins certainly are that. Yeah, they they like paid Toronto to take Eric Fair. Like they needed the cap
1: space in order to acquire. I'm sure Strite. Yeah, so they gave Toronto some assets, a fourth and another player in exchange for Frank Corrado. Who's a nobody. I mean, like he's, uh, yeah, you know, played 69 NHL games. He used to play for the Canucks. I mean, he's not somebody. I think that the, the penguins are like jonesing to have, although he's some defensive depth. And what I heard on hockey central, is we all know that the Golden Knights are now open for business, that's Vegas, right? Yeah. So they can start making deals which involve, you know, uh, agreements between teams that we will take a certain player in the expansion draft in return for assets or uh, in return for a second deal that will happen later, where you're going to give us a pick for something else. So you've got these kind of side deals that are happening that, uh, from what I understand, Vegas doesn't have to announce and the other team doesn't have to announce until a certain date. I think when the season is over. So there might be players like, you know, they were, um, alluding to that. Vegas has already acquired a goaltender for next year, but because this player is under contract with another NHL team and actively playing games for them, Uh that, they can't announce it because he's he can't be traded to Vegas now, right? When he's under contract for this year, so you know they've acquired a goalie, you know, which is why they were sort of hinting that they're not going to really be caring about picking a goalie in the draft because they've already either agreed to pick someone off someone else's roster, right, or they've made a trade arrangement. So what they talked about with Eric fair is that it works for Toronto two ways. Does he make Toronto better to try and make the playoffs this year? Yes. Sure. Has Lou Lamorello already made an agreement with George McPhee that McPhee will take Eric fair. Who's got Mm -hmm. a second year on his deal next year Mm -hmm. in the expansion draft in exchange for some other assets. They were alluding to, yes, Mm -hmm. that that's already happened. They couldn't say it because they don't want to burn that bridge, but they were going down that road. So it was interesting, and it's an interesting wrinkle when we consider...
0: Yeah, so teams can basically bribe Vegas (laughs) to, you know, not bribe, but certainly provide material compensation to Vegas for either taking a certain player or not taking a certain player. So, like, the Sharks could bribe Vegas and give him a pick so they don't take Brendan Dillon or something. You know, not that they would do that, but it it makes the whole thing even sort of more interesting. The whole expansion draft thing is interesting enough, frankly. I know a lot of people are having a lot of fun thinking about, you know, which players are you going to expose and, and who is Vegas going to pick and all this kind of stuff. And now the fact that all these teams are actually can be negotiating with las vegas now saying hey you know for instance you know one thing that i know a lot of people have talked about which is you know what are the penguins going to do about a goalie right they have matt murray who is their starter and they have mark andre fleury who must be protected in the expansion draft because he has a no movement clause and mark andre fleury is an older goalie who if you look at his stats has not been very good the last few years but pittsburgh is required to protect him and All teams can only protect one goalie. So if you're the Penguins, do you let Matt Murray go? The answer is you can't. You can't. He's your starting goalie. So one thing the Penguins could do is they could sweeten the pot to Las Vegas and say, Hey, we'll give you a pick or something if you don't take Matt Murray and we get to keep him. Um, Which is a very sort of interesting way of doing business. I don't know you know how much of that is going to happen and and it'd be very interesting to hear when that those kinds of things happen but it seems like there's another whole like sort of level of strategy here on on right. top of the expansion draft that makes it really interesting to think about.
1: Right and there are rules about how this can go down and I was just trying to look them up to try and find out. There was a pretty good article I believe on ESPN where they were talking about how these sorts of things can happen. Now, I'm getting this info off of Hockey Central, which is the TSN podcast that I listen to. So, you know, there's different ins and outs to these scenarios and how they are able to work, whether they're on the level or not. And reading the book that we read about the NHL expansion, I mean, there were all kinds of things that were happening behind the scenes. Right. So that certain players would get picked or you would pick them. And then two weeks later, you trade them back. Right. Which happened with Brad Lukowicz, right? You know, you're traded away from your picked and then you're back. And, you know, I think that they're trying to eliminate those kinds of things by just having them be just like, transparent you Mm -hmm. know Mm -hmm. okay well this is what's happening so it's not like uh behind the scenes but right now we won't know uh, unless you know doug McLean continues to have loose lips on the hockey central uh podcast (laughs) (laughs) i'm sure george mcphee's gonna stop talking to him yeah yeah um what's going on but it is an interesting wrinkle and you wonder what it will mean for the sharks and their players and who they're able to protect and who they won't yeah, but We're not focused on that right now. We're focused on the Stanley Cup. The Stanley Cup push. Sharks have some big games coming up here, dude. Yep. They're going to be heading on the road. Some some back-to-backs coming up here. Uh, kind of a brutal stretch here for the Sharks where they're playing some really good teams in the next two weeks.
0: Yeah, Minnesota certainly up next on Sunday and then Washington next week and then Nashville after that. And, you know, Dallas obviously not as good. Buffalo not as good, although we always lose to Buffalo. So... um you know, certainly Minnesota and Washington will be, you know, it's the best team in the West right now and the best team in the East right now. So those are certainly the, the uh, top drawer of the NHL in the next week. And Nashville is definitely a playoff team. I know you think a little bit more highly of Nashville than I do. I am not as scared of Nashville maybe as you are.
1: Well, I, I just think that they had a terrible start to their year and, you know, I, I'm, making up stats, dude, this is fake news, fake news, fake news. But, uh, I think if we looked at the last 30 games, 40 games, they probably are one of the better teams in the NHL Mm -hmm. because they've managed to pull themselves out of the basement and out of the playoff picture into separating themselves from St. Louis and Winnipeg as they're going to make the playoffs. They're going to be, you know, one of the top three teams in the central, Um, I don't know how much they're going to push Chicago and uh, Minnesota for placement, but I think that if you're Chicago or Minnesota, you really want to win the central.
0: You don't want to play Nashville. There's a
1: big difference between playing Nashville first or playing St. Louis first. Yeah. That's a big difference. Or playing the Kings first. Like, that's a huge swing. Mm-hmm. And it's why it's very important f- to win the division, you know? And, and and the Sharks will be in an interesting spot as they continue to lead the Pacific. And they've got a pretty good size lead over Edmonton right now. And they're really pulling away from the Ducks, who've been struggling. They're 4-5-1 and one in their last 10. That Calgary could find themselves playing the Sharks first. And that's not the desirable matchup that we would want for San Jose. I think if you're a Sharks fan, you're kind of hoping that Calgary finds their way into the top three and that, you know, maybe St. Louis or Los Angeles figures out a way to pull past, uh, whoever falls out. Mm -hmm. But, uh, you definitely, if you're in the central, it's going to be a race to the top because I don't think you want to play Nashville first.
0: Dude, let's, let's review the Vegas bet. Yeah. Cause we are going to Vegas next month. We are. How are we doing here?
1: Not, not, well, well, some people are doing very well. <laughs> 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 um, well, I mean, if you look at, I have Montreal, you yeah. have Ottawa, I have Boston. Uh-huh. Um, and then you have Washington, you have Columbus, I have Pittsburgh, you have the Rangers, you have the Islanders. So yeah, you have five of the eight Eastern playoff teams right now. Now I don't feel too bad because if you scroll back up, dude, I'll take a look here. Like I I don't have a lot of confidence in, in Ottawa. I think it's possible that they could slip. And I think it's very possible that I will have the, the team coming out of the Atlantic. Like I'll have Montreal. I have Boston. Yeah. I feel good about that. Okay. So, you know, knowing that I would have a team in the Eastern Conference finals, most likely is a good scenario Yep. for you. You know, you've got Washington, Columbus, Pittsburgh, New York.
0: You, I have, think, you have Pittsburgh.
1: I, I've got Pittsburgh guy. Yeah. So the struggle, I think for, for me is
0: you got Pittsburgh or nothing. Yeah. You know,
1: I've got Pittsburgh or nothing in the Metro right yeah,
0: now. Yeah.
1: Um, the, it, because well, hold on, dude. That's not true. <clears throat> now that I think about this, the Rangers are going to be the, the... Oh, man. The Rangers are going to be the wildcard team that's going to end up playing Montreal. That's going to be tough. Yeah. I didn't think about it that way. Oh, well, and it's looking bleaker for me. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, dude, uh, if you look at the Central, you've got Minnesota, you've got Chicago, I have Nashville, I have St. Louis. Wah, wah. Yeah, wah, wah, and the Pacific... We both have the Sharks. Right. You have the Oilers. I have the Ducks. You have the Flames. Right. You have the Kings. So you're in prime position here,
0: dude. I'm in, I'm in, I'm in pretty happy position. Which and I got to say. Be, which is going to be terrible when Washington <laughs> loses in the first round of Pittsburgh. If
1: you lose this year, dude, you may just want to throw in the towel.
0: Never. You I will just, never give in.
1: Like this would be, I've got to say, this would be the sweetest win. Shut up. Of all of them. When I win and I will win just the stop. Vegas Cup for the fifth year in a row. Stop it. I will win it, dude. I will win it. I've been feeling down about it, but I feel I feel like this is just the ultimate pie in the face, dude. Or the Sharks win the cup and and you don't get it again.
0: You know what's gonna be great? Is a team in my last round, Ottawa, is gonna win the cup. <laughs> and then No. Yeah. And then Tampa Bay is gonna miss the playoffs.
1: This is what's gonna be great. You're gonna have just like last year, the team from the East will yeah. make it, and the Sharks <laughs> will be there again. Because so, so last again. year, you were primed to win. Like, you were primed to win, and those darn Sharks ruined it for you. I don't care. They are ruined It'd it. It would be so worth it if the Sharks make the <laughs> finals
0: again. I don't care.
1: Because everybody wins. When the Sharks win the Cup, we go to Vegas. That's right. We, we go, go to Vegas,
0: to and we try not to get too inebriated during the parade. That's the, that's the move. That's the move.
1: Dude, big week. Hopefully, the Sharks can keep riding high. Looking forward to seeing Hanson make his debut soon. Hopefully, he'll make it by the Winnipeg game yeah. to a Sharks uniform.
0: Yes, I hope so. It'd, it'd be good to see. I'd love to see him buoy Bodker into a higher scoring position because Lord knows we definitely need the scoring right now. Let's hope so. All right, dude. Go Sharks. Go Sharks. Hate the show?
1: Want to get your questions on the air? Email questions at dudesonhockey.com Dudes on Hockey is not affiliated with the San Jose Sharks organization or the National Hockey League.